Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 42 of Swimming Upstream. We have a great one for you today. I'm really excited for this. Me and this man have been planning this for a while. Excited to bring it to you guys today. So in recent years, the Marlins and many other major league organizations have taken a liking to the baseball program at Wright State University for many great reasons, many of which can be attributed to this man who is joining me today. Former scout for the Atlanta Braves amongst his other work in baseball, this man has been in charge of recruiting and hitting development and as an assistant coach for the Raiders program and has taken it to some damn good new heights, if I do say so myself. Pleased to have him with us today to talk about his philosophy on recruiting, coaching, hitting, a couple of the Marlins players that the Marlins have here from Wright State, one of which just made his major league debut. We will get to him. So I am pleased to be joined today by, from Wright State University, Mr. Nate Metzger. So Nate, man, thanks so much for coming on. Like I said, been planning it for a while. So thanks for sticking with me. Really appreciate it. What's going on? Absolutely, brother. I, I appreciate you having uh, having me on too, and and uh, like you said, looking looking forward to talking a little bit of shop with you and and uh, kicking things around. Definitely, definitely, really appreciate it. So let's break into it, man. Um, I want to go through your tenure first. I mean, it's been it's a long tenure for you, so I don't think we'll get to all of it. But I just want to start um, where you were at for like two decades, right, with Atlanta, right, scouting for Atlanta, just about really long time from what I read of your background, and then you also we're pretty much in charge of building the athletic department, including the baseball program at a community college called Heartland Community College, right? So Correct. you then yep. coach that baseball team to a 414 and 106 record, which is ridiculous, especially for JUCO. So that's really awesome, especially for a program that you pretty much built along a lot of the way yourself. So I just want to ask on both of those. You were a scout and doing that at the same time for a little while, right? So I just want to ask about juggling that, like you're a scout and then you had the Juco thing happening on the side. You're in charge of a lot there. So how was that just juggling both of those things at once? Well, and really the, the scouting thing was as an associate scout or a bird dog. Um, yeah, it's not a full-time role. And, right. and so really, um, you know, that was kind of secondary and it wasn't something that, you know, I had to be, uh, you know, doing day to day. Although, it was great experience from the standpoint. One, the guy that I work for, uh, Stu Can. Stu had been with or was had been with the Braves. I think when he retired uh, a few years ago, it was close to forty years that he spent with the Braves. So great experience to work under a guy like that, and I think it taught me a lot. You know, because essentially scouting is recruiting, and and recruiting as scouting. I mean, they they kind of go hand in hand. And really, a lot of um, a lot of parallels, a lot of similarities, and so you know what I learned from him um, really helped me and and carried over uh, into the recruiting aspect of of things from a from a college baseball standpoint. So, yeah, the the opportunity at Heartland was really unique, and I've I've told the story, you know, several times, and and you know, several different um, you know interviews or or what have you, but. The, the Heartland thing was really um, a, a community college in the town that my wife and I were living in that had no athletic department, no athletic program, um, and, and a president at the time who had played professional baseball uh, back in his day with the, with the Texas Rangers. And so I had an indoor facility, got to know this guy because he would bring his kids in to the indoor facility. And, and so his vision really um, kind of became mine and, and we kind of fed off each other. 
um, had a, had some T-shirts made, you know, with this community college, uh, you know, Heartland Community College, you know, baseball, and took these T-shirts into him, you know, and and basically just said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm your guy, and and let's do this." And and so one thing, you know, it took a little while. It wasn't like we did it that day or or you know a week later. Um, it took a few years, but but actually he he circled back with me and you know, one, one thing kind of led to another and, and that's exactly what, what we did and, and, and kind of got it going. Um, and, and unfortunately, like a lot of things all, you know, they say, you know, all good things must come to an end. It was a situation where, you know, you and I may not be talking, uh, had there not been an administrative change there. Um, because I, you know, really had no intent or, or desire to, to move on. And I think, it's interesting how life, you know, life happens, right? And I mean, things, things change. The only thing I always say, the only thing that stays the same is nothing. And, and it was one of those deals where, you know, I had no intention of, of leaving or, or wanting to leave had, had really built the thing from the ground up, you know, again, uh, no athletic, I always say, you know, go to the filing cabinet, pull out the contract for officials, you know, to work off of. And, and it's like, Hey, not only is there no contract for officials, there's no filing cabinet, right? Like it was literally from, from the ground up uh, in terms of, you know, building that thing. And so it, it was, it was tough. It was a really tough, um, you know, it was a really tough deal kind of, kind of really getting forced out. Um, but, you know, God has, has his way of, you know, challenging us and pushing us. And I think that was, that was one of the things too, was, you know, you, you, uh, you get too comfortable. And I think again, you know, my faith background, but, but, you know, God has a way of saying, Hey, you know what, you may be a little bit too comfortable and I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to, I'm going to push you into, you know, something that you hadn't planned or seen, uh, you know, coming. And, and so one thing led to another and, and I end up at Wright state and, and, you know, that was where the, the scouting opportunity with the Braves, was one that that you could have that dual role at the JUCO level, at the Division One level. Unfortunately, you can't be uh, in an associate scouting role um, and and be at this level. So, you know that that kind of came to an end. But at at the same time, a lot of the contacts that I made, and you know, a lot of the guys that and and have had some you know opportunities to kind of jump into scouting full time, you know, since I've been here too, and. You know, I, I love the interaction with the players. I, scouting is awesome, and and I think, um, you know, in a in a lot of ways would be really cool. But you you to me you you would miss out on the interaction with the with the players a little bit. That's that's the I think kind of the best of both worlds. Um, you know, being being in the college game. So not to be long winded, but but to oh, give you a little oh. bit on on both of those uh, aspects. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, just to to say that, you know, you had your hand in building something pretty much ground up, like you said, and then the success that you had there as well on the field, just, just looking at the record and some of the stats was, looked really good. So that's really cool. Um, and then you got to kind of get, a, you know, when you're not doing that, you got still got baseball going on on the side with the scouting thing. That's really cool. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question um, it, on the in, on the scouting side of things in those days. Name a couple players that you're responsible for maybe giving the Marlins headaches in the NLEs. <laughs> oh man. Well, <laughs> it was certainly, it was certainly fun. Um, you know, watch it. I, I don't know that the Braves drafted anyone 
uh, at that time that that maybe was part of that great, you know, Braves run, um, you know, but but talking with Stu and we would always at when I was at Heartland, we always took a spring trip to the Orlando area. And so at that time, that's where the Braves uh, spring training complex was at was in well at Disney in, in Orlando. And so when we would go uh, down there and play, we actually played games at the at the complex at the Braves complex and Stu uh, at that time who I was helping and as an associate Stu would would always be there and then you know hey come with me and we would always run over and and just kind of hang out on the on the Braves side and they always had the Braves had a trailer uh, it was like a, a portable trailer that they would bring in it was almost not not a semi trailer but almost and it was just filled with gear. Right. And so Stu, I, that that's what I remember about the Braves days was Stu would always take me in the trailer and, and with the equipment guy, you know, Hey man, you know, what, what do you want? You know, what, <laughs> grab, grab some gear. And, and, and that was always cool. That was always really uh, a lot of fun, but in terms of, you know, specific players, man, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can name, I mean, but, but watching, you know, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, yeah. watching those guys, you know, back in the day, that, that was a, and, I, and I'm more of a hitting guy, you know. Quite honestly, I would be, I would consider myself more of a hitting guy than a pitching guy. But the the pitching was just so dominant, you know. And and Maddox, my my oldest daughter, uh, her middle name is actually Maddox. Yeah. So so that that kind of goes hand in hand. And then and my youngest daughter, my wife says, well, we can't, you know, give one a baseball name, uh, middle name, and not the other. So so the youngest. Uh, her middle name is Aaron, but spelled A A R O N for for Hank. So, you know, a little bit of a little bit of crazy. I think you know all of us baseball guys are a little bit crazy when with some of that stuff. Ever get a chance to hit against any of those guys? No, not X Glavin. No, never, no, never stepped in against no, them. All right, no, because, because bad <laughs> bad players become coaches, right? That, that, <laughs> you know, bad bad players don't continue to play, man. You know, bad players' uh, careers are are pretty short. For sure. All right. All right. Yeah, I got you. No, no problem. Uh, all right. Let's go. Up. Let's go up to 2017. Um, you're in Ohio. You accept the job of the Raiders. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, you know, you didn't want to move on from Heartland, but there's something that drew you uh, to the Raiders. So what was it that really about this opportunity that you that you really liked? Well, and, and you know, you kind of alluded to and, and you know, giving me any kind of credit is completely um, – you know, wrong in terms of the, 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 the things at Wright state that were in place and happening and, and really, um, you know, already moving full steam ahead, you know, when, when I, you know, when I walked in the door, you know, it was, was exact, like the program itself was in great hands. Um, Greg Lovelady had Jeff just left and went to, uh, central Florida Yep. Uh, and, and love is still there. Love was a guy that I got to know. Uh, and I think, I mean, the college baseball world, baseball in general, just as we alluded to earlier, like everybody's interconnected, like it's incredible how, Hey, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're, you know, you're connected. Um, but love was a guy that I'd gotten to know through the recruiting process. We had actually sent uh, Andrew McCafferty, was a kid that played for me at Heartland uh, and then played at Wright State. 
And so Love and I knew each other pretty well. Um, I didn't know Jeff Mercer as well, but when Love left, Mercer took over uh, and, and Love was the guy that really had kind of told Mercer like, hey, if you need a recruiting guy, this, this may be your guy. Uh, and so one thing kind of led to another. Um, but, but definitely for, for a mid-major, for, for a smaller uh, Division I program, Again, th things were already in place, and and so that was definitely something that I was very attracted to. Was that hey, you know, these guys have it have it rolling pretty good, and really, you know, in a situation like that, you 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 just go in and and like we like we say now, you know, we're just trying to keep the train on the tracks and and not not screw it up. You know, it, it was it was full steam ahead. You know, way before we got here. Uh, you know, and I say we like. Alex Sogard and I, Alex is now our head guy, uh, our head coach, and Alex and I came in together, you know, with with Jeff Mercer back, you know, like you said, back in 17. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, sounds like things were already going in the right direction and you guys just took it off even more. Uh, the first year in 2017 that you're there, they go 38 and 21. They get their first ever top 25 ranking. 2018, they go, what, 39 and 17 Horizon League champions. Um, so yeah, just some immediate success for you. So, um, you know, as you got in there, uh, just took things to the next level, pretty much as you were just saying. So, um, what stood out for you, like in terms of the culture of the program, like a lot of baseball teams have success, but not a lot of baseball teams have a true culture that they basically build everything around. And I think Wright state has this from everything that we know about it. So you can tell us about the culture of the program and the culture of the team that you guys have built there. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely that's a great question because and I, and I love talking about it because it's it's so unique uh, here and and um, you know when I was at the JUCO level I thought our guys were tough and I thought um, you know we worked hard and when I got to Wright State it was like wow like totally different level of toughness and a completely different level of work ethic and and I think. Um, the term that I always use is independent worker. You have to be, and, you know, guys that are in professional baseball, you know, certainly, you know, can relate and understand this and, and, um, but, but players have to be independent workers, meaning, you know, if you rely on the reps that you're going to get in a, in a practice setting, it's never going to be enough, right? Guys have to have that mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be willing to work, you know, on my own, uh, you know, twice, three times, you know, 10 times as much as, as what maybe, you know, I'm going to get as far as practice reps. But that's where uh, one of the unique aspects about, you know, our program is the, the facilities are open to our players 24-7. So literally our guys can, can – everything is key-coded, you know, at our stadium. And so our guys can, can come out, um, you know, 10 o'clock at night. They have access – I think – Sometimes when I tell recruits this, I, I feel like they think I'm, you know, exaggerating or, 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 you know, making it sound better than it really is. But like literally our guys have access to our lights. And so if they want to come, if a player wants to come out at 10 o'clock at night and flip the lights on and, and get work in, they can do that. And, and I just think it's it's really, really cool that way. And, you know, we had a guy earlier this summer, um, Jay Lucard, who I think Jay, Jay should be a guy that that has a chance to. Um, you know, kind of that next wave. He, he's a guy that should get a shot at pro ball, um, you know, this the, after this next year. And Jay had come back from summer ball, had had a little little hip issue 
and we just wanted to make sure it wasn't anything serious. And so talking to Jay, you know, I was actually at the stadium. Jay comes out. We've got a weight room at the field. And, and Jay comes out. He had, he had come back from summer ball. He comes out that day. And I said, man, what, you know, what are you doing? And he said, well, I wanted to see you. And I said, well, that's great. I appreciate that. I wanted to see you too. But he said, but I, but I got to get a lift in. I said, dude, I thought you had, you know, I thought your hip was bothering you. What are you talking about? You know, what are you talking about weight room? What are you talking about lifting? And he was like, well, I, you know, my hips bother me, but I, I got to get, you know, I got to get upper body pump, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, I, I use that story because it's just, you know, you talk about culture, you talk about the mentality like of our guys, that's, and, and I know we haven't gotten to, you know, JD Orr and, and Peyton Burdick and, and those guys that are, that are with, you know, the Marlins, but gosh, dang, man, that's, that's the mentality that, that our guys. And that's why I say it was, a, it was a different level of toughness and work ethic when I got here. And, and again, try to keep, you know, trying to keep everything rolling, keep the train on the tracks, keep, you know, keep things moving in the right direction. You know, fortunately, we've had some great leaders and and guys that that really, um, if you the player come into our program, and and that isn't really your mindset or your mentality, it becomes your mindset or your mentality pretty quick, or or you really just kind of get pushed to the side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you mentioned like getting work in by yourself, like you can't just rely on practice and stuff. Like, I, I really don't think anything will speak better to that than guys at the pro level guys at the minor league level, especially because their whole season got canceled. And then guys at the college level, who's basically whole season got canceled in 2020 with the COVID year. Like if you weren't doing stuff on your own, you're screwed, right? Pretty much like you're done. So, and we saw it with some minor league players. I'm sure you saw it with some, some college players, maybe not at Wright state, but I've seen it with some college players as well. So yeah, having that mindset that you got to do stuff on your own is something that not a lot of players have. And I think we saw it in 2020, unfortunately with some guys, but yeah. Um, that's awesome. Love that. <laughs> what you say about the stadium, the fields being open to players 24 seven, that's something unique that I don't think I've heard before. So really cool. Um, good stuff happening as we can tell, uh, with the program, um, no better pointer to this than that beautiful 2019 season that you guys have. Right. So you got Burdick going off. He hits over 400 as a junior JD hits 330, 60 stolen bases. You got Tyler black 350 hitter. Uh, Seth Gray was doing well. Like that team was just so good, especially offensively. Um, you know, you had Bear and others on the pitching side as well. So you guys face off against multiple uh, ranked opponents and beat multiple ranked opponents. Once again, Horizon League champs, Horizon League champs, excuse me, Alex gets coach of the year. You break so many program records that, that year in terms of metrics. So let me know, man, just that season itself, that 2019 season, how special was that season for you guys? Well, I think looking back, it was special because, you know, the the just the number of guys off that club that, you know, are now, you know, making their way through professional baseball and, and hopefully, um, you know, jumping into the big leagues at some point. But, you know, looking back at that team, I, I don't know if even we realized at the time you know, how much talent we had, how good, you know, that, that club was. Um, and now, you know, when you start to look at, you know, some of the, like you, like you mentioned <clears throat> a lot of those names, it's like, man, um, it was really, it was really quite a collection of, of guys um, that, that was a lot of fun to, you know, to coach and, and be around and, 
you know, just just what you said, the level of talent that that was really, you know, on that club. Um, pretty incredible, you know, pretty, pretty great group of of guys. And I, I think it's, you know, a lot of it, too. Again, you know, I had nothing to do with like, you know, Tyler Black was a guy that I recruited, um, you know, Peyton Burdick, J.D. Orr, Bear Bellamy that you mentioned, uh, Seth Gray, like that those guys are Jeff Mercer's guys like those guys. And again, I'm not, I'm not jumping on here with you to deflect everything. I mean, <laughs> you know, we, we had to, we had to coat, we had to continue to try to, you know, help those guys along and, and, and push those guys, you know, but Hey man, like just being real, you know, I'm not going to take credit for, for guys that, that, you know, Merce uh, brought in here, um, you know, as well. So, you know, but, but great, great collection. Just and 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 a great you know the chemistry because because there is a difference between like culture and chemistry right I, I I mean they do go hand in hand but but there is a difference and I think that's something too that's been really unique with us is not only the uh, the culture the culture of work the culture of toughness but the chemistry being um, you know what what it's been too and and that group was another group that. You know, they, they those guys loved each other, man. Those guys fought for each other um, and were willing to, uh, you know, call each other out when they needed to. You know, they 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 had no problem uh, addressing issues behind the scenes. And, you know, again, just what what great teams and, and great, um, you know, cultures hopefully promote that great chemistry. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean. Yeah, that team was just looking back at it. Like I was looking through the metrics before this. I was like, geez, like everybody was doing something on that team. It was crazy. Like I think you, I think you mentioned it too. A good yeah. mix of guys that you brought in, good mix of guys that, that Mercer brought in. Just a great team, man. I think everything clicked that year for you guys. And it didn't stop, right? After the COVID year, 2021, you guys literally led pretty much the nation in slash line. Like all of hitting what you guys are like all the way up there in, in every metric, batting average, on-base percentage, slugging percentage. Everything was there, again, hitting-wise for that team, led by Tyler, who we mentioned, and then Quincy Hamilton, who's a player that we didn't mention. Um, you know, you had Jake Schrand, who we'll get to in a little bit, had, had a great year out of the bullpen. So literally, like I said again here, you did it in 2019, you did it here again in 2020, 2021, broke almost every club record, uh, or a lot of them at least. Um, so yeah, just just another Horizon League title, like I said, again, 20-9 and nine in conference. Um, so yeah, just, just, just another great year for you guys. Um, you want to recap that one really quick? <laughs> well, yeah, that was the – you're talking about the COVID year, right? Yeah, the year after COVID. So, yeah, it's 2021. Okay, right? okay, the year after. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you you got guys – again, Quincy, you know, Quincy Hamilton was – ended up being a fifth rounder with the Astros mm-hmm. and, and has now, like, made it to – like, this year got promoted to double A and – you know, his ascent through the minor leagues has been pretty, you know, pretty quick. And um, but but Quincy was a guy that kind of burst on the scene, had waited, you know, kind of waited his turn. We had, um, you know, with with J.D. Oren left and then Peyton Burdick and right. And then uh, Zach Weatherford had been our center fielder. And Zach was a free agent sign with the Cleveland Indians or or at that time were the Indians and, and now the Guardians. But um, those three guys, there wasn't much room you know, for a guy like Quincy and Quincy kind of wait, had to wait his turn. And he did play in 20, um, the COVID year that, that got shortened. Mm-hmm. And then the following year, he just, I mean, he just went off and and really turned himself into one of the better players that we've ever had here um, in a, in a short period of time. And, and so, 
yeah, that, that group was, was unique as well. Um, but, but definitely, um, you know, probably just as talented, if not, you know, as much or more talented than, you know, some of those other, um, you know, teams previous. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been a great run for you guys, as we mentioned through all of those years so far last year as well. Um, coming into this year, you guys are starting soon. Like you told me, like, I'm excited to continue to follow this program man. um, not only because, you know, the Marlins continue to draw from it, but because it's just a fun program to follow. And it seems like you guys are doing things the right way. So I want to ask you one more thing on the program and then we'll move on. Um, my last thing, obviously, success-wise on the field, it's the goal of any college team to go to the College World Series, win the College World Series. That's the success level that you eventually want to reach, right? But past that, um, you know, what is the ultimate goal of the program at Wright State University when it comes to turning young men into grown men? That's kind of what I await the college level to a lot, especially when I was working in it, you know, as a reporter. You just see kids grow up and turn into men, Right. So what's the ultimate goal for you guys in that regard? And how do you guys try to accomplish that? Kind of goes hand in hand with the culture question probably, but yeah, just the ultimate yeah. goal of the program past on field success. Well, and, and I think, you know, there's a fine line, um, you know, you, you want to be competitive. And, and I think that's, that's a word that uh, we haven't really touched on, but, but yet kind of goes hand in hand with the, the toughness, the work ethic, the, the competitiveness, those are a lot of times when I'm trying to do my homework on, you know, a player, you know, that we may be recruiting and, and trying to bring in here, you know, those are kind of the three things that, that you're asking about. And, you know, hey, this guy may not be a, a great student, but he's he's a, a, a big time worker and, you know, and he's highly uh, competitive. It's like, OK. I, we can work with that. Like, mm-hmm. give me, give me that guy, you know, all day. Um, but at the end of the day, you definitely, I, and here's, here's the fine line that I, that I, that I touched on. Like guys have to have some stink to them. And, and I, and I use that term, like you better have, you know, an edge when, when you need to have an edge, but you also, in my opinion, you also, need to be able to turn that edge off, you know, when, when you step off the field and, and be uh, a great father, a a great husband, uh, you know, a a great boyfriend, a great, you know, son, you know, again, like not to be cliche or, or hokey with, with that, but you want to be both. Like, I think you need to have that competitive edge. You need to have that stink to you. um, But you also, want to be a, a, a great person and, and a great, you know, a great human being. Um, and, and coach Sogard always talks about, you know, we're, we're trying, like you, like you mentioned, you know, trying to build men, you know, and again, it, it sounds kind of uh, flowery and, and, and cliche, but, you know, at some point you, you are going to be uh, hopefully a husband and a father and, and you want to be great, you know, at those things. I don't, I don't know if there's anything, you know, quite honestly, more important um, than than those two things. You know, uh, having been a husband for <laughs> a long time now, and and a father really for a long time now too. I I don't know if there's anything more important than those two things. And um, you know, you can be competitive uh, and 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 still be uh, 
still have a soft side, I guess, a, a little bit, you know, uh, from from that standpoint. Um, I, I know having two daughters, you know, that that will uh, that will soften you up a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's uh, mom. Mom's got to be the bad guy in, in our house because, <laughs> because dad, dad has a hard time, you know, saying no. But uh, but I think that's, you know, kind of to what you to what you asked. That's that's what I would say to that is is really um, I, I I will say. I think um, we we try to be personal. Like, I, I, there's nothing more uh, there's nothing more fun than going to the field every day. We and I we touched on off camera, but you know we we get ready to start on Monday again. You know, with the fall, um, and and honestly, like I just look forward to hanging out with the guys. It, it really has nothing to do with you know the um, you know the training aspect or you know, helping a guy, uh, you know, get better. And and don't get me wrong. Like I look forward to those things too, but more than anything, just being back with them, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, why, why, uh, when, when guys retire, they, they always say that they miss the camaraderie and they miss the, the clubhouse mm-hmm. probably as much as they miss the on the field. Right. And, and, and so I think that's, that's a little bit of, you know, the, the whole thing with, with us too, as far as, you know, how you, how you interact, giving, giving the players a voice, like letting those guys have um, a, a voice. Cause I think people say that, but I don't know how much people really, really do that or really give guys that opportunity. Um, and for us, it's, it definitely is like, Hey man, like, what do you got? You know, what, what do you, you know, what do you think? Um, you know, how did, how did that work? You know, how, Hey, let's, Let's let's make a change if we need to make a change, um, and, and just just getting and and valuing the feedback that those guys bring. Definitely, for sure. Yeah, um, awesome stuff. I mean, like you mentioned, like being able to turn it off, right? Like you want to have it on the field, but then being able to to be that 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 great to be great at whatever you do on the field or off, I think is something that that great programs, college programs build. Um, I think you guys speak to that very well. So yeah, awesome message there. Um, all right, I'll get to uh, like one or two more and then we'll go into the couple players and then we're going to get out for the day. I want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy man. So um, good, man. I want to talk about hitting. Um, we know, you know, hitting uh, Miami coaching, hitting here in Miami, especially at the minor league level um, and developing hitting here in Miami, I guess I should say um, not necessarily coaching, but developing it here. It's been lately a challenge for the Marlins. They develop pitching very well hitting. It's another story. So I just want to get an overall philosophy. I mean, I'm sure we could talk for hours on this, but just overall philosophy from you on effectively coaching hitting. How is it done? Hmm. Yeah, and that, I, I will say, too, that, you know, sometimes being in my role, um, I'll get credit for, again, more than I deserve. And and a lot of what we do um, – you know, Matt Tallarico, who is now with the Yankees, um, you know, Matt was our hitting guy, um, you know, really did most of the the day-to-day work with our guys prior. And then when Matt left and went over, uh, he became the the base running coordinator with the Yankees um, and, and deservedly. So Matt is a, is a really, uh, you know, unbelievable baseball mind um, that, that deserved that opportunity. And then, um, Chase Sloan, who 
was was a shortstop for us. Uh, actually played a year uh, of independent baseball, so never got drafted and didn't have a chance to play, um, you know, affiliated ball. But Chase was our shortstop, who uh, he is a guy that I, I'll, I'll take credit for that. You know, right? Like I recruited him, but but Sloan was a guy that you know played for us and and then uh, took over in a coaching role. And and since I, uh, you know, since I've been here. It's really been those two guys, Matt Tallarico first, and then and then Chase Sloan. Uh, in terms of the day to day stuff, now, you know, do I have a voice? Do I do I weigh in and and do we you know throw things around and and certainly, um, yeah, you know, there th- there's definitely some truth to that. But in terms of my involvement, it, it's more of a, you know, almost kind of sit back and watch and then help those guys uh, when they have questions or or consult. Um, and, and really I kind of try to stay glued, try to stay glued to, uh, the recruiting side. And, and then obviously in game, and I shouldn't say obviously, but, but in game, uh, I'll, I'll run the offense. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll make those decisions in terms of, Hey, you know, we're going to bunt here. We're going to hit and run here, which we don't, we don't, we don't like to bunt too much, but, um, you know, that, that, that's one where, you know, I'll kind of run the game, but, but in terms of the day-to-day stuff, I, I just want to make sure like I give those guys a shout out because they've done a tremendous job. I mean, you know, uh, Rico being Matt Tyler, Rico did a great job prior to Sloan and, and Sloan for a young guy. I mean, and, and I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't tell him to watch this because I don't want him to, I don't want him to get too, uh, too full of himself, but, uh, but for a young guy, He's he's a superstar, man. Like he he's unbelievable uh, in terms of the the coach that he is and and the and the guy that he is. But I back to your question, and again, I I know you you I, I go rabbit hole on you and no, you're good here for a minute. But but in terms of you know the hitting stuff, I think it it all starts with um, you know having a plan. You know, a, a bad plan is always going to be worse than uh, or, or better. A bad plan is always going to be better than than no plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's that's, um, you know, I think I think plate discipline um, has really come into, you know, pitch selection, plate discipline, you know, guys. And, and I know that professional baseball now you know, values that, you know, the metrics, you know, come into play more than they ever have. Um, and, and there's some of that, 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 you know, Hey, uh, you know, bat to ball, you know, a guy that, that, you know, his contact rate uh, in the zone is, is really good. Um, you know, because, and we all know, like the harder you hit, the, hit, the harder you impact the ball more frequently, the, you know, the more successful you're going to be. And, and that's really what this whole thing's all about. So it's it's how do we do that, right? How do we train hitters? How do we work with hitters uh, behind the scenes to make that happen? You know, velocity has never been um, you know higher in the game, and and so with hitters, man, there's a lot more machine training. Um, there's a lot more usage of you know, hey, hey we're we're gonna we're gonna train high velocity um, to where I think hitters have gotten a lot better. Uh, at that. And then, and then it becomes a question of, okay, you know, can you make those uh, adjustments to, you know, off-speed stuff and, and can you lay off, um, you know, can, can your decision-making can, do you control at bats and is your decision-making great when it comes to that, right? Hit strikes, 
take balls. I, I was watching, I think it was Oral Hershiser on a Dodgers broadcast. And and he was and he said, you know what the Dodgers do better than anybody else? He's like, they they throw more strikes and they hit more strikes. And I was like, wow. I mean, like that's it's I always believe like simple yeah. is typically the most profound, right? Simple is typically the most profound. So it's like, yeah, man, like as a hitter, I mean, we all know it's hard enough to consistently hit strikes well. Like if we're trying to swing at everything and we're, we're extending the zone, like you got no shot. You you got you got no chance. And so I think that's where, you know that that was something that, you know, again you would reference all these these former, you know, players that we've had that are now in professional baseball, the Peyton Burdicks, the JD Ors, the the Tyler Blacks, the the Quincy Hamiltons. That's something that those guys those guys just would not give in. Like they would not give in. Um, and and come off of you know their plan to get a quality pitch to hit you know and they were able to battle they were able to fight and and be effective two strike guys but hey man like less than two I'm getting mine and I'm not coming off that and and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to come in there you're gonna have to come in the zone um, you know or or I'm not I'm not swinging you know and I think that's that's such a huge huge deal I mean there's a lot of pieces like you said we could talk forever on, on the hitting side and there's a lot of pieces to it, but I think controlling at bats and really being in control as a hitter is ultimately um, what we're trying to get at. Yeah. I mean, the simplicity I think is what to take away from your comments right there. Just keep it simple, swing some strikes. Like I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of time nowadays we get too wrapped up in, you know, your exit velocity. And when you're talking about pitchers, you're talking about spin rates and yeah, that stuff you can read into it a little bit, but man, keep the game simple. It's a simple game. Hit the ball, right? Like swing a strike. Well, and, hit the ball, so. and that's where like with all the metric stuff, like Tyler Black was a guy, I mean, he's 33rd, you know, overall pick supplemental, you know, first rounder with the Brewers. And, and Tyler was a guy that, you know, he didn't want all that. He didn't, he didn't, I say he didn't want all that. He, he didn't care about any of that. Like he didn't, he was not a metrics guy you know, whatsoever, you know, the blast stuff. And and again, that's not an indictment on any of those right. uh, systems. Sure. Like, like those systems are all great for the right guy, but, but he wasn't the right guy. Like he just didn't, he didn't value, he didn't care about, you know, he didn't. And, and honestly, that's really what it comes down to is he didn't need it. Right. That that's what, that's what you really, because there are plenty of hitters out there that, um, you know, they, they value it and, and it's going to help them. Perfect, man. Feed them. You know, feed them, feed them that, that stuff, that information, if, if it's going to help. But I think where we come in, you know, where on the coaching side of it, it's the guy that thinks that it's going to benefit him or thinks that he needs it. And he really doesn't right. That that's what we have to differentiate and, and kind of figure out like, Hey, this guy, this guy thinks, you know, he wants all that information, but actually it just hurts him and it, and it domes him up and, and he's more, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help him like, no, nah, you know, we're not going to feed him that, but I do think there's a lot of good information. You just have to, um, it, it's kind of like with social media and the internet and all these different, you know, platforms and, and all this, this information that's out there and available to any of us and, and not even on the baseball side, but just in general, it's like, well, how do we, you know, how do we, how do we sift through, you know, how do we take what we need and leave what we don't? And I think that's, you know, that's where, um, you know, more information is not always good. And and that's where I think it's our job 
you know, on the coaching side to kind of, you know, help those guys sort that out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's great call outs. Um, you know, especially like you mentioned, somebody that, that thinks they need to read into those things, but they really don't. It's like, Hey, you're good enough. You don't, you know, you do, you don't need that if you want it. Cool. But you don't need it. Right. So great call. It's like I said, keeping the game simple is something that I've always believed in when I was playing in high school. It was a big thing for me. Just stay simple, stay true to yourself and don't read into anything else. Cause you don't need it. Right. And a lot of players would tell you that, like I had Alex Vestia here. He's now moved on to the Dodgers, but he was a minor leader for the Marlins. And I went into an interview with him. I'm like, Hey, do you know you've thrown 40 straight scoreless innings? He's like, I don't give a shit. You know, he's like, I don't care. I don't care about that. <laughs> so, stuff like that just speaks yeah. to me. Like keeping the game simple works for a lot of guys. I, th- I think that's a great call out. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think I, again, another little bit of a, a shout out to, you know, coach Sloan, you know, Chase, Chase Sloan, who, who uh, does such a great job with our hitters. And, and I think we would, we would, I say we, but, but he, we, we, he would, would be a little bit more on the old school, you know, side and that that's kind of the argument, right. Or that's kind of what comes up in, in, in all, you know, at all levels of baseball right now is like, it's the, you know, the old school versus the new school and, and which one's right, which one's better. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, it, it, it they have to work hand in hand. Like neither one is right or wrong. It's, it's kind of, taking a combination of the two mm-hmm. and, and melding those, those together and, you know, not being stubborn to where, to where an older coach or, or somebody that's been in the game for a while says, well, I don't believe in any of that. I don't, I don't want any of that information. No, like there's, there's information that, that is valuable and you need to learn, you need to continue to grow in that. But at the same time, like you got to know your guys. I, I think right. that's what it comes down to is, is really knowing your, your, your personnel and, and knowing, you know, uh, maybe, you know, I, and I don't know, I shouldn't even use his name, but like, you know, JJ Bladey, like Bladey loves this and, and Burdick hates that. Yeah. Fine. Like that's okay. Sure. Like that, that, that doesn't make either one of them right or wrong. It's right. just what works for them. So, you know, that, that's kind of where we're at, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, letting yep. players grow individually, however they like to work, I think is where no it is important. So, yeah, definitely. No All right, man, for sure. This has been really awesome so far. I do want to get to the players briefly, but I want to ask you one more thing before we get to that. Yeah, I know everybody's everybody's waiting to hear about Burdick and or and Tranded. We all want to talk about it. <laughs> that's that's the Marlins fans that are listening. But just overall, this has been awesome so far. Just an insight into your work that you're doing and you have done, and just the game as a whole. I, I think it's a great conversation, and it's been awesome. So thank you again. But the last one that I want to get to before yeah. we get to that is um, the recruiting side, which you said is most of your work nowadays. So outside of success, and you can go see a guy and watch his video and be researching him and, and, and everything else in terms of stats, you know, Rapala, whatever, whatever you guys look at in terms of, you know, tools, right? On-field tools. But past that, when you're on the road or when you're researching a player that you want to go see, what stands out to you that's like, I'm going to make that guy a Raider? Like what, what says Wright State University Raider to you past on-field success? Well, and we touched on it a little bit, but right. I think um, <laughs> some of that toughness, some of the work ethic, um, you know, some of that edge. Um, and, and again, like it's it, it definitely starts with, you know, tools like is this guy tooled up? Does this right. guy, you know, this guy has loud, you know, this guy's tools are really loud. Like, OK, like now now I want to find out more, you know, now now I want to research and, and dig in and, um, you know, find out more. But I think you you have to. You, you would be uh, foolish. You would be remiss 
if you didn't, you know, talk to uh, people around that guy. And, and it may not be, um, you know, the, the people who are in his circle. I, I'll say this, like one of the things that is probably as effective as anything is talking to players. Like I'll tell players, hey, man, if you're researching us, right, the, the best information that, that you as a player can get on us will come from our players inside our program, right? We're all, all of us coaches are salesmen to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, man, you really need to talk to players on the inside of our program to find out the, the inside scoop on us, right? Same, same, like reverse that and say, okay, you know, I, I'm really interested. We are really interested in this player, you know, from this high school do I know somebody not, maybe not as high school coach, maybe not as summer coach. Now we're going to talk to those guys as well. And depending on how well, you know, those guys, right. Oh, I, I know his summer coach, his summer coach is a straight shooter. And I know he's going to, he's going to give me the, the, the God's honest truth on this guy. Perfect. Like that, that probably works. But, but if not, it's like, man, I, I, I would love it. You know, maybe there's a connection uh, with one of our players, you know, one of our current players. And, and he says, yeah, I know this guy, you know, pretty well. Hey, he's, he's not really uh, going to fit well. He's not really going to be our type of guy or, or vice versa. You know, Hey, I, I, you know, love him. Um, got, he, he, he works his tail off. Uh, he would be a great fit here, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I, so I think, you know, the intangibles and, and kind of the, the, you know, behind the scenes stuff, you know, typically are going to, because if we're being honest, you know, you say, well, Hey, this guy, this guy's maybe got some baggage, but he's really, really good. Like we're all, if we're, if, if, if I'm being honest or if any of us are being honest, like, well, how much, uh, you know, this guy's been in trouble or not even trouble, but like this guy has some baggage. It's like, well, he's really good. Uh, well, how, how much baggage, right? Like, like if we're being honest, like how, how, how good is he? He's that good. Yeah. Like I'm willing, I'm, I'm maybe going to be a little bit more willing, you know, to overlook some of those things. But at the end of the day, man, like it, it really does matter in terms of the, the, you know, the personality and, and the, and the person or the, you know, that, that character stuff, the intangibles, like I said, it definitely plays in. It definitely plays in and, and matters for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you can have all the tools in the world, but if you're not, you don't have the work ethic, you can have all the raw tools in the world. You don't have the work ethic. You're not going to be that guy that's going to go out to the field at 10 o'clock at night and get your work in. If you need to, like you mentioned before, I think that's, that's important. Right. So. I, I'll, I'll say, I'll give you a quick, a quick story. So there, there was a kid that I went to see. This was when I first got here and, and Jeff Mercer, who's now at Indiana, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was, was my boss and, and was the head coach. And um, we went to, I went to see a guy and after the game, they were putting the tarp on, uh, it was a high school field. Uh, it was going to rain. They, they were putting the tarp and, and the kid that I went to see good player, like, like really good player, actually in pro ball right now. Um, but we went to see this guy and he didn't want to get his hands. It wasn't that he didn't want to help. He just didn't want to get his hands dirty like putting the tarp on. And so I'm on the way home and I call Merce. I'm I, you know, Hey, how was he? You know, what'd you, what'd you, what'd you think? You know, did you like him? You know what? Yeah. I mean, really good player. I got some video I'll send you, you know, yada, yada. I said, and then I told him, you know, about the tarp thing and, and, and Merce was like, yeah, we're out. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, we're, that's, that's not our type of guy. Like, like we're not, you know, we're not messing with that. 
you know, and, and so I think, you know, again, th- those kinds of things like, Hey man, like it, it you know, you, you're always watching. I, I, I don't, I don't know. And I, it's a little bit overplayed, you know, in terms of some of that, but, but there are things that you'll see, um, you know, how, how a player uh, treats his, you know, treats his mom, treats his parents. Like, it's just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, sometimes gets overlooked, but, but it, it matters. Like you, you have to, you, you got to sit on, you know, all that stuff. So. hundred percent. Definitely. Awesome. Well, this has been great so far, as I mentioned before, but before we go, I want to get to these players. Raiders turned yeah. Marlins. We can say, um, I know everybody's waiting for Burdick because he just made his debut. I'm going to get to him last. I know you got some great <laughs> stories about him. Uh, when when they, they first drafted uh, or in him, that's when I first reached out to you and you told me some, some great stories about them. We'll oh, yeah. get to that in a minute. But first one I want to go to is Jake. Jake Schrand, um, latest uh, guy that the Marlins have gotten that's that was a Raider. Uh, starting pitcher for you guys in 2021. What stood out to me about his stats were great control numbers, like 92 uh, strikeouts and like 20 walks or something like that. So um, he was with Loe Jupiter. I know he was injured early this year, was with Loe Jupiter, started there. Recently got the push up to um, – to single A advanced with the Beloit Skycarp uh, with Quinn Studer up there in Beloit. So, yeah, I mean, just on, on this guy as a whole, I mean, I've, I I got to see him a little bit with Jupiter. He was injured, like I said, uh, early this year, which is when I got to go up there a lot. So I haven't seen him a lot, but you've seen him more than any of us. So, uh, yeah, quick on this guy, makeup. Uh, Marlon's have him as a reliever. He's not a starter anymore, but um, do you think he fits that role? What do you think about this player? Yeah, no, I, he, he evolved into a, a starter for us, but, you know, the, the year prior, you know, he really was a starter for one year. Um, and, and it's one of those, like, you know, at this level, you're, you're going to take your best guy or, or, you know, a guy who's really, really good. And, and, and if he has any kind of stamina, like you want him to probably, you know, give you more innings and, and be that type of guy. But, but he was outstanding the year before in a relief role. Um, and, and really that's, you know, I think we thought, or we felt like that's how he, or, or, you know, what he profiled as, um, from, from day one, like, like he's definitely, um, you know, stuff, not, not a huge, you know, the body type you wish was, was bigger. Mm. Um, you know, that, that's where, um, you know, maybe some concerns, uh, long-term for him just because he's not, you know, he's not a big, he's not a big donkey. Um, and, and that would scare, you know, scare you a little bit just in terms of the health and, and stability, stamina, those kinds of things. But, but Jake is uh, he, he's not he's not very vocal. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, a conversation with Jake is is three or four words, man. Like you're you're not you're not going to get a lot out of that dude. Um, yeah. He is probably one of the more like laser focused guys that we've ever had. The, the story that I would use like. And, and he struggled like his first couple of years, he really struggled with command and probably the coolest thing with him is the fact that he turned that around and actually, you know, found himself um, that way. And, and that's tough because a lot of times when guys don't throw strikes or struggle with command, it's something that I'm not sure, you know, ever really gets fixed or, or in a lot of cases doesn't, get a whole lot better. And, and he found a way uh, to overcome that. So that in and of itself is, is probably the coolest thing, um, you know, about him, but what, what he would do, he would, he was, you know, talk about the stadium being accessible. 
I mean, that guy's car was in the parking lot constantly. And you think it's like, well, as a hitter, right? If you're a hitter, like you can always, I mean, you can, you can hit nine times a day if you want to hit nine times a day as a pitcher, right? There's only so many bullets in the gun. Like you can't, you can't throw, but, but with him, it was always training. So like he had an injury. I can't remember what it was. It was like a lower body, something leg, leg related injury. And, and honestly, what we, what we determined was it was overuse. It was him like training and doing so much work, like behind the scenes on his own, that, that it was like an overuse uh, injury that, that he had created because, because he was just constantly training. Like the guy, the guy just was relentless that way. But the coolest thing, the, the coolest story that I got on him is he was trying to overcome. Uh, it, it was, you know, he's working on mental training stuff, whatever. We, we, we go to this, somebody went out to the stadium. He had, he had pulled the mount, the, the tarp off the mound. He he's on the mound and, and he was simulating, he was, he was doing, um, you know, dry work on the mound and simulating a game. And, and so I don't know how often you'd, you'd have to ask him how often he did it. Um, but, but he would literally get on the mound and he, it, and, and this is just his mentality. He wasn't simulating one inning. He wasn't simulating two innings. He was simulating a nine inning game. And, and he would include like, Oh, this guy singled off of me. Okay. Now I've got a runner at first, you know, with two out and, you know, I'm going to be quicker to the plate here. Like he, he literally would, would get on the mound and, and go through an entire game pitch by pitch. That's how like, like laser focused he was. And, and I think in the end, you know, that's really what, um, you know, what, what got him over the hump in terms of throwing strikes and, you know, kind of become the guy, you know, became the guy that, that, that he did, you know, with us, but great kid. Um, you know, I, I don't, uh, again, Jake's one of those guys, when he comes around, you, you shake his hand, you give him a hug and, and you let him, you let him go to work yeah. because he, he don't have time. He, he don't have time to have too much, you know, conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll meet guys like that and they're interesting, but man, that's the way they got to yeah. be to stay focused. Like you said, Keep your eye on the yeah. prize, man. And I think that that's, that's him. him. And like, like we said before, it's somebody that's just willing to put the work in no matter what. Right. So that's him. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, a guy that's like that from me working in the minor leagues for the Marlins, as long as I have a guy that was really like that, that you can corroborate to like a really quiet guy. He's gotten a little bit louder as he's, as he's become a big leaguer and a good big leaguer. A great one actually was Pablo Lopez. When Pablo Lopez first got here from the Mariners, like he, you would interview him and he'd give you like three word answers. Right. Like not that, not because he didn't want to talk to you, but just that's, that's just who he was. You know, he just right. didn't really say a lot. Uh, right. Kind of come out of his shell a little bit, especially with the Miami media and everything. He's one of the Marlins best pitchers. So he's different now, but it wasn't always like that. So some guys are like, yeah, that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> All right. right. Cool. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to him, man. I'm um, looking forward to seeing more of him as he grows. I think he's going to be good. That's like maybe that back end bullpen guy, like we were mentioning. So for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, so let's go on. Uh, second to last question is on JD. Uh, let's go to JD. This guy, man, um, epitome of game disruptor, man. Like, seriously, like he hit like and what what's so interesting to me, if you look at his college stats versus his pro stats so far, his slash line's like the same. <laughs> his slash line at right state is like the exact same as his slash line in the in the majors or in the pros, I should say. So he's a 308, 418, 391 hitter at right state. He goes to the majors uh in minor league baseball so far. He's 303, 413, 382. So pretty much corroborated the same kind of player that he was with you guys here in his pro career. So like I said, just that game disruptor type gets on base and he's going to take the next base. Like he's going to get the next base. 
And he's usually gets it successfully. Right. So I really think that that's what I see in this guy is just that, that epitome of, Hey, I know I'm not going to be hit 10, 15 home runs, but I'm going to score runs and I'm going to find a way to score runs. So give us some stuff on JD. I really like this kid. I think it's overdue for his call up potentially even to the majors. He's what, 26 years old now. So it needs to, I think it needs to happen for this guy pretty soon. He's in double A. It's been doing pretty well there so far. So uh, I want to see this guy, but give us some stuff on JD. Go ahead. Well, I think another guy that, that he would make a comp, you know, big league comp with him, like, you know, Juan Pierre, right. Yeah. The, the former, the former Marlin who, yeah. you know, just was, you know, that, that similar type slasher speed guy that, that, you know, just kind of worked himself into, you know, a, a big league role and, you know, I, JD's arms a little better than Juan Pierre. Juan Pierre, <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. that, guy, that guy couldn't throw much, but nope. <laughs> uh, but but you know, had a great you know great big league career. Um, man, where do I start with JD? I I, I think JD is um, you know in in a lot of ways like I I don't I, I've I've kind of hesitated a couple times to say what I'm what I'm thinking because. I don't want it to come off the wrong way, mm. but I think, you know, the, the people that have seen him, the, the, the people that, you know, are watching this or, or, you know, tune into this and, and have seen him will understand JD, JD just, and, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll say it and then I'll kind of expound, expound on it, but JD just doesn't care. <laughs> JD, JD does not, he doesn't care. Like he, he, he is his own person. Like, I've never met a guy that that was more um, secure with himself than than JD. Like he really doesn't care what you think. He doesn't care what the scouting report says. He doesn't care, you know, what people who who's going to put uh, limitations on him. Like, wow, you know, this guy probably isn't going to be a big leaguer. This guy probably shouldn't be a big leaguer. You know, those kinds of things. That, so. When I first got the right state, J- JD and 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 he'll probably uh, you know if this ever gets back to him, he he may not <laughs> like me for this, but but I, I'm just gonna say it like because it's the truth. He he was not a great uh, now in his own way. He I, I'm what I started to say he was, he was not a great practice player because he just he wasn't as he just it didn't light his fire like he now he would work like as far as hitting work. Like he would do that constantly. Like he he knew the value of early work and and all that, and he would do it. But in terms of like team practice stuff, you know, you're you're going through cuts and relays, you're going through bunt defense stuff. And for JD, it it, it was like th- this is pointless. Like why are, why are we doing this? Because it's not game like, and it's and it's not game speed. And so the thing I remember about him is is thinking like. I mean, this guy's okay. This guy's not, not a, you know, this guy's a good player, but, but I'm not sure, you know, he's as, he's as good as, as everybody's tried to tell me. Well, then we opened my first year here, we open at Clemson and, and Clemson, I think they were ranked 10th at the time. Mm-hmm. And we go in there and this was back in 17. We go in, we go into Clemson opening weekend and take two out of three. And JD was an absolute man on a mission, like completely different guy. I was like, okay, now I get it. Like now I get it. He's just one of those guys when, when the lights are on, he's going to be ready. Even when you don't think like maybe he's, he's prepped or prepared. Like JD's a gamer, man. Like that, that dude 
is a flat out gamer who, who again, he, it, I, I say he doesn't care. I think he cares and, and kind of almost takes it personal when you doubt him, when you limit him, like he's one of those guys that's just going to, he's going to try to stick it up your tail. Like he's just going to try to stick it up your tail and be like, all right, you, you've doubted me. Okay, here you go. Right. Yeah. But, but no, the energy, um, you know, and, and he's just gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the thing too. He just continues to grow and, and get better. And and the thing that, that people probably don't know last thing on JD is that he's, he's really, uh, he's really intelligent. Like he's a guy that, that being around it as, as much as he is day to day, like in pro ball, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that he continues to get better because he's just, he's a really intelligent guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's awesome, man. Like I saw him at spring training this year. I was wearing this hat that you sent me. He's like, go Raiders. I'm like, yeah, man, it's awesome. And he's like, where'd you get that? I was like, yeah, I know Nate sent it to me. He was like, did you go? There? I'm like, no, I didn't get to go there, but Nate sent it to me. He's like, that guy's awesome. I love that guy. He would be spent like five minutes talking about you. Anyways, uh, uh, he loves you. I'm sure he'll listen. Uh, I'm sure he'll listen to the show. I hope he does. <laughs> but yeah, uh, last one before we get it, just simple with JD. Like we talked about simplicity before. This guy works counts. That's, that's good, the baseball. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. puts the bat on the ball, gets on base and lets the rest of his yeah. tools go to work, man. And this guy, this guy yeah. can score some runs and steal some base. He's exciting, man. I- I'm looking forward to this guy making it to the bigs. Uh, probably no not too far away. I hope at least. Um, so yeah, uh, last one. And we're going to get out for the day. Everybody's waiting to talk about Peyton. So let's talk about Peyton Burdick. Um, this guy just made his major league debut. As we know, Marlins have now also in recent years started to shift him to training in center field. We know he's not typically a center fielder. He's more of a corner guy, but he's done pretty well in center field. Um, you know, it's a lot of on base and a lot of power, but Along with that, it's the limited average that is the only thing. But with the physicality this guy plays with, I mean, I I don't blame him. Uh, works counts really well, as we were talking about before with other players. Gets on base and hits some bombs, man. So this guy's fun. Built like a ton of bricks, as you know. You can tell us how much this guy spent in the weight room. I'm sure it's a <laughs> lot. But, yeah, uh, this guy's fun, man. And he's, he's a cool kid and a great guy. I've gotten to know him pretty well uh, since he's come here. So I really like this player. I really think he's going to be special. I'm glad he's getting a shot with Miami did well in triple a this year. So let's talk about Peyton, man. What do you got? I'm sure you got a lot, but go ahead. Yeah, no bird bird is uh he's a unique dude, man. He, he is, uh, I would say the definition of high energy. Um, and, and I've, I've watched, I mean, I've seen, I know he's struggled a little bit uh, initially and, and had some, you know, had some big hits and, you know, come through in a, in a couple spots, but, you know, probably punched out a little bit more than, than yeah. he would like early. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's what I was going to say is like, as I've watched him and, and again, I mean, you get called up, like you, you have to know, uh, and, and it doesn't surprise me. Like he knows his place and he's not going to be the, the wild, crazy, right. He, he's not going to, he's not going to, you know, let his hair down, uh, you know, just having gotten there. Uh, and he's, he's got some feel like verdict's another guy, pretty intelligent guy that, that really has some, some feel for it. But, but it all starts like his dad, uh, played in the NFL and, and not long, but, but I, I think, you know, cup of coffee in, in the NFL. And, and so, you know, it's a little bit of that football mentality that, that verdict brings, um, you know, to the game um, and, and is just going to, you know, play hard and, and, and work hard and, and be that type of guy um, behind the scenes. Like, like you mentioned the weight room stuff. I mean, <laughs> he, he would, he was the guy because we I, I touched on we have a weight room at the field at, at our stadium. 
um, underneath, like what would be, so on, on the first base side, our, our home clubhouse is right behind the, the first base dugout. Well, what would be the visitor's clubhouse on the third base side is not a visitor's clubhouse. It's our, it's our weight room. And so he was the guy like you, you we, I remember, uh, had a, we had a Sunday double header, like we're getting, re- we had played, we had played Friday. We had played Saturday. Uh, we were getting ready to play a Sunday double header and, and he's in the weight room, uh, you know, and, and I'm not saying he was, you know, he was moving a bunch of weight and, and getting crazy in there on a, you know, prior to a double header, but he's in there, right. He's in there getting a workout at like 6am, you know, prior to a noon, a noon double header or whatever it was. And that's just, that's just him, man. Like he, he, uh, you know, the early work I, I know on the Marlins broadcast, I heard, uh, he had gotten a hit and, and the announcers said, um, you know, early work paying off. He had, you know, he was out here early, uh, to, you know, this earlier today, you know, getting early work in like, that's him. Like he's going to, and, and I think for him, it's not going to be like, like the challenges that he's faced or, or the, you know, a little bit of the struggle that he's had early, um, you know, since he's been up, you know, for him, that's going to be like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to knock this door down too. And, you know, make sure, I think it's going to be more of a motivator for him than it's going to be like panic, you know, panic mode. Like he's, he's pretty self-confident dude. Um, and, and just again, like he's the guy that would cut up, you know, he, he's going to like, we would do room checks on the road and I would go to his room and he's like trying to tackle me and, and like, like, you know, you know, he's, he's going to be bouncing off the walls in his room. Um, and at the same time, like if practice was going to go sideways or, or, you know, I, I remember a time when, and he didn't, he, he didn't always say, you know, too much, but there was a time when, when practice wasn't right. Um, you know, some guys were, you know, not dialed in or focused. And, and I think, you know, he, he just, he just blew up, man. He just, he just lost his mind a little bit um, for all the right reasons and, and, you know, in all the right ways. And, you know, he was one of those guys like, like he, uh, he he's going to be fun and, and kind of a cut up um, when that time is right. But, but he also knew where that line was. Like it, as soon as practice started, man, he was dialed in and it was all about, you know, it was all about winning. Like, I think that's one of the things too, for him is, you know, he, he wanted his, like he, he, he definitely wanted to get his, but, um, but he was a guy that, that really cared about winning as well. So yeah, yeah. good, good dudes, man. All those guys, I, I miss those guys. They, they still come around like, um, you know, that, that's what's the, the culture, as you mentioned, our culture, like it, it's great, you know, seeing those guys uh, in the off season. I mean, trans is Cincinnati guys. So he's about, an hour from us, he comes around quite a bit. Verdict's a Cincinnati guy as well, um, and then JD JD's in Mount Vernon, so JD's probably a little for JD's probably about two hours away uh, from Dayton. So you know, we 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 love uh, seeing those guys when they you know come back around and um, you know try to try to hit them up you know periodically during the the season as well, and just you know just encourage them you know just keep them keep them rolling, man. Yeah, fun dudes, all of them. I mean, Peyton, I know really well. JD, I've gotten to know pretty well as well. Uh, Jake, I've seen a little would bit. You, well, let me ask you: Would you agree with that on on Burdick? Like, like he's got the the fun, crazy side, but but he's also 
you know, he'll dial it in and, and be that, you know, he, he's pretty focused when he needs to be right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just watching him, like when, when, when him and JD first got here, I'm like, I was watching them together because I'm like, okay, they got here together. They went to the same school. So I, I watched them together and they were together a lot when they first got here. And you mentioned to me before that they were together a lot in college, right? Um, that they were like really good friends in college as well. So you told me the stories about ping pong and everything else, which was really funny. Well, Anyways, we should, we should probably tell that we should probably tell that <laughs> ping pong story. Yeah, that's we can, but yeah, I think I agree, man. Um, He's a guy that's going to have fun on the side, right? Which I'm sure is what we're going to talk about with the with the ping pong thing. But he knows when to turn it off and be serious, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a guy that that also, like we mentioned, like he's going to get his work in, but then he's going to have fun on the side. And like, there's a video out from the Marlins, like he hit a home run in a game at Wrigley. He hits the home run, right? And there's a video that the Marlins put out. And they were like, "What were you thinking after you first hit your first home run?" He just looks into the camera. and goes, "Oh yeah, it's, it's like yeah, yeah, that's Peyton. That's Peyton on the side." But that, yeah, that's, fun guy. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely him. No, that that's definitely him. I I saw that video that you're talking about, and that's yeah. I know it was probably probably kind of an outtake type deal, like like give us you know give us something funny on the side, whatever. But yeah, yeah. now that's that's him. But no, the. So the the ping pong story that, that you know, yeah, and, and I'll tell for for the the people that are going to tune in, whatever. Um, so we have a ping pong table in our clubhouse, and and again, it's the competitive side. It's it's the toughness and the and the competitive side of our guys. Like a lot of times, it turns into like all out, you know, all out competitive, <laughs> you know, war, you know, with each other. Well, I walk into the clubhouse one day now. Here, here are the three players, right? They, they, it was, um, well, I think they were playing, I think they were playing doubles. So I'm going to forget who the fourth guy was that was playing, but it was JD Orr, Peyton Burdick, and then Sean Murphy. So Sean Murphy is, is the, the big league catcher, uh, gold Glover last year with the Oakland A's yep. and, and former Wright state guy as well. So those three, I know it was at least those three, and then there had to be one more if they're playing doubles, but they're, they're playing. And I don't, I don't know what there's probably a term for it, but like, if you lose a point, they're, yeah. they're all three playing with their shirts off. Right. And so if you lose a point, you've got a, you, the, the, the guy that won the point gets to hammer the guy that lost the point with the ball, right. As hard as you, you get to hit the ball at their bare back, you know, that as hard as you can so literally these guys are playing and I'm talking like each of them have like 20 welts like on their back, like, and, and it's just, but that, that probably you, you ask about the culture here. Like that's the, because they're going to be, they're going to be doing that, you know, uh, an hour before practice starts, whatever, you know, and then as soon as they come out onto the field, it's all business, man. Like they, they, our guys get it, like in terms of being able to to separate the two, and I and I think that's what we try to encourage is like, hey, you know, this doesn't have to be all buttoned up and stuffy and and business all the time. But when it's time to to do the, you know, when it's time to take care of business, we're right. going to take care of business, man. That that's yeah, that's a little bit of our of our culture and and you know what those guys. But yeah, that that's a there's a video. I took video of it, and I think sent you maybe even sent you that video um, of those guys, you know, playing ping pong and, and just killing it, you know, killing each other, like just hammering each other uh, with, uh, with, with balls. And, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. 
You, you want to know, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I, I hope, I mean, Peyton's probably going to find out. I think you probably already found out this spring, but the Marlins every spring training have a ping pong tournament in the clubhouse. So I don't know. I don't know. Would JD and Peyton get in there next year? I don't know. Maybe interesting. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, bro. That, <laughs> yeah, that would be because the, both, both those guys are pretty good. Like yeah. just in, just in, and we've had, we've had a couple guys, you know, some guys like, like they think they're good and they're not right. But, <laughs> but we've had a few guys, I would say, I would say both of those guys would be probably top 10, you know, uh, yeah. of guys that we've ever had. So yeah, yeah, both those guys can play a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, well, the one year that I remember uh, Braxton Garrett won it, he was like really good at it, but yeah, it's, there's a, it's going to be fun to get those guys in the clubhouse. Yeah, I think man. they're, I think they're good for a clubhouse is what we're getting out here. They're fun, <laughs> but then they get on the yeah. field and they're, and they're, they're, they're they mean business. So I think no they're going to be great clubhouse guys for sure. All those guys we mentioned. So yeah, man, this has been spectacular. Uh, I know we went over on time, but I definitely, definitely, this was totally worth it. And I really, really, really do appreciate the time, Nate. This was so good. Just talking about like baseball it. as a whole philosophy. We went through hitting, we went through recruiting, the culture at Wright State, which you mentioned, just what your guys are building there, what you guys have built there, what, what you guys are doing there, and then the players as well. So this was awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. I really, really do want to thank you again for coming on the show. And man, um, and your friendship, man. Like I've, I've been talking to you since – JD and Peyton came to the Marlins. I've literally been yeah. on this guy. Be like, I want to know about this player. I, I like to look at Peyton Brick. He looks like a ball player. Tell me about him. Like literally from day one, I've been talking to this man and it's permeated to today. We're now Peyton's a big leaguer. JD's going to be one soon. You know, it, it, it's great stuff. And so overall, just really appreciate a, your time today, be your time always and see the friendship. You sent me the hat. It's a great note. I mean, just great stuff, man. I really appreciate everything that you've yeah. done for us and today as well. Yeah. So thank you again. Well, we, any, any way, anytime we can, uh, you know, grow our, our brand a little bit and, and, you know, and brag on some of these guys that, <laughs> that, you know, have been so important to us and, you know, helped us with the success that we've had and, you know, but no, I, I appreciate you as well. And, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, you wear that hat out, man, I'll, I'll send you another one. And, uh, you know, at some point, hopefully we can, we can connect in person and, uh, you know, but we'll, we'll stay in touch. And it was my pleasure being on. I, I love, uh, I love talking the game and, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, a lot of fun, man. My wife, I, I think I told you before we, we jumped on here my wife reminds me every day, like, you know, I don't, I don't have a real job and, <laughs> and as long as I can, as long as I can keep it that way and, right. and stay in the game, it's, yep. it's, it's what, it, that's what it's all about. So no, I appreciate you as well. And um, look forward to seeing more of those guys down the road. Awesome. Awesome stuff. There you go, guys. Nate Metzger. He's the assistant and well, an assistant coach and the recruiting director for Wright State University. Really appreciate his time today and everything he continues to do for Fish on the Farm. But this has been episode 42 of Swimming Upstream and a great one. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank Nate again for his time. See you guys next time on the show.